Welcome to On the Prowl. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Prowl. I'm Robert Rowe. I'm Randy Justin. Thank you for listening to us today. Today on this episode, we have Pete Pernico with us. He is the TV play-by-play announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Always been a big fan. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, about ready to get uh, ready to roll here with the draft uh, earlier this week and training camps opening the 1st of December. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. it's, look, it's looking like a good team so far, especially after last night's picks. Well, yeah, I think you really have to give a lot of credit to the Grizzlies front office. Uh, you know, normally, you know, you walk into the draft and your only draft pick walking in is the 40th overall pick. And uh, the Grizzlies were, were able to get a couple of picks uh, and so I, I really like what they were able to do. I, I think, uh, you know, getting Bain is a fantastic pick for them. Uh, I like the fact that he's a four-year player at TCU. Um, you know, these are these are really, really good picks for the Grizzlies. And I think it, it sets them up well because, you know, there can be really good value to be had in the second round when you look at a guy like Dylan Brooks was was 45th overall and is a great rotational player for the Grizzlies. So, you know, Tillman has an opportunity uh, out of Michigan State, now reunited with Jaron Jackson Jr. So uh, there, there's going to be some, some opportunity there. and It's going to be very, very competitive. And, and right now the Grizzlies front office is trying to, you know, fill out two-way contracts and and see, we don't even know what's going to happen with the G League, but they're trying to prepare for a very competitive training camp. In terms of this past season, uh, we exceeded a lot of expectations. What what were your takeaways from this past season? Well, I think the big takeaway was that, you know, John Morant was better than we expected, sooner than we expected. Yeah. Um, you know that he is a phenomenal athletic talent, but what a lot of people either didn't know or didn't realize was his tremendous basketball IQ and the fact that there's a maturity level about him that you just don't find in somebody who's only played a couple of years of college basketball. What I found most impressive about Ja was his ability to recall individual plays, uh, individual passes, individual cuts, um, and to be you know, we talk about a point guard being a coach on the floor. I think, you know, he he really executed that role very well and worked into a very good chemistry with Taylor Jenkins. And so they have an outstanding synergy. Obviously, Brandon Clark, I remember when the Grizzlies made the trade to get Brandon Clark, people were very excited about it. And certainly he proved uh, everybody's optimism completely justified. One, one of those guys who's been around knows how to play the game. Uh, again, tremendous athletically, but also knows how to play the game, stays within himself. And then to me, the other big piece was the development of Jaron Jackson Jr. and the ability to shoot the three, which nowadays, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what position you play on the floor, no matter what your size is, you better be able to take and make threes on a consistent basis. And and Jaron certainly proved that last year. Yeah, Jaron Jaw and even Ben Brandon, they were a fun duo to watch. Brandon was, he was a steal of the draft for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, Pete, what made you want to get into broadcasting and play-by-play announcing? Well, I'm 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 about five eight, and I'm not terribly athletic, uh, so I, I knew I knew pretty early on that if I wanted to be involved in in sports, which I love tremendously, um, you know, it wasn't going to be as a participant. So you know, I grew up in the country. 
I only have one sibling and it's a sister. So I, and you know, I grew up in the country far North in, in Wisconsin where your nearest neighbor might be a mile away. So it wasn't like you come over and have play dates and, and play ball in the yard. Um, there was a lot of me in my backyard, dribbling the basketball and, and shooting at a hoop and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of making up your own play by play call. But I was really fortunate that the high school that I attended at the time was known as Pre-Montre High School in Green Bay. It was a boys-only high school, but very uniquely, it had a 10-watt radio station. And in fact, it's the same high school and same radio station that Kevin Harlan of CBS and Turner Sports attended. Uh, he's five years older than I am, so he went through the process, and then I followed right after him. So by the time I was you know, 15, 16 years old, I was doing high school football and basketball on a regular basis, and I realized that I enjoyed it. It kept me around the sport, uh, and you know, people seemed to think I was pretty good at it, so I just kept up with it and uh, did that through college at Notre Dame and uh, just, you know, was was fortunate with some some career breaks and uh you know and, and here i am some you know 30 30 some years later well you have some famous like sayings you have on tv like hammer nail coffin this baby's over another one is like i wonder what they're serving up in secaucus <laughs> well you know the the what they're eating in the in the replay center is something that brevin and i actually brevin really cooked that up um because we were reading an article about the replay center in Secaucus and then that there was a stack of takeout menus in the replay center. And so it just, it just became natural to say, well, here's who's in the replay center tonight because you know, we have a camera, there is a camera in the replay center and we can listen in to, uh, to the referees as they are communicating with the crew chief uh, and with the game administrator as to what exactly what the call is going to be. So we know which referee is is going to make make the comment um as far as referees showing up on time that was brevin making that up on the fly because i'd always said we have three officials they have been assigned by the nba and brevin just one day out of the blue said and they showed up on time and it became very very popular um and it's even popular with the referees. There's, there's one particular referee who will always come over before the game and point at me and said, see, we showed up on time. Um, so the question that I always get is, have they ever not shown up on time? And in my experience, no, they never have not shown up on time. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did have a referee who was a last minute substitution because another referee had uh, an illness and got, uh, got hung up in Atlanta and got to the arena 90 minutes prior to tip which, you know, usually they, they get there a little earlier than that. So they've always shown up on time. Um, and like a lot, of the, a lot of the sayings, it's just something that you don't really plan. You say it and you check it out on social media. And if people like it, uh, yeah, then, yeah, then maybe we'll keep it in. And if they say, no, it's really dumb, <laughs> then, <laughs> then, then, then we won't keep it in. Yeah. What are your thoughts about like this upcoming season, whether that be for you in general or just the team? Well, you know, first of all, we're really not sure if we're going to be able to travel this year. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we don't know that at this point. We may be calling road games from FedEx Forum in a studio somewhere. We, okay. we literally do not know because what's going on right now, the NBA, uh, they've got a lot of people working on the different protocols on everything from where the benches are going to be and how the players are going to be separated to the levels of access that media will have, uh, which will be very, very restricted. Um, you know, the broadcast positions, which normally are courtside, cannot be courtside anymore. 
given with, with what we're dealing with. And so it's going to be incumbent upon the building managers to figure out a place for us if we're going to be in the building uh, to call the games uh, to, to come up with a space for us. So so that's a, that's a real challenge. Um, the hardest thing for us during the bubble was not being with the team. And there is value in being around the team. We get to know the coaches. Um, you know, I can, I can see an assistant coach over to the side and I can just say, Hey, without giving any way, any secrets, can you just tell me a little bit about what, what do the coaches think is important to do tonight? And so they can give you a scouting report and they can tell you little bits of information that you may not say it over the air specifically, but you know, in the back of your mind that there's a reason why certain things are happening. It's like, you know, uh, there was a road game last year and Brevin got in into an elevator with John Morant and Brevin just said, Hey, how you doing? And Josh said, man, I I'm battling a cold right now. Well, that's not in the injury report. Okay. And we don't want to come out and say, Hey, Josh has a cold tonight. Yeah. Uh, but we know that if he's not playing up to his standard, at least we know in the back of our mind why that's happening. And so it will color our commentary to the extent that we may not be as critical because we know that he's sick, but nobody else is supposed to know that he's sick, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that you would miss if we can't go on the road with the team. Um, and then also, you know, the access that we'll have, even if it is a home game. Uh you know, I do the coach's interview with Taylor Jenkins right outside our locker room. That access is not going to be open to us, I don't think, in this upcoming season. So it's going to be a real challenge for a lot of people. It's going to be a challenge for the players because they're going to be tested every day and they're not going to have the security of the bubble. And the league probably is going to say something along the lines of you can go to your practice facility you and go to your arena and go to your house. Don't go anywhere else because we're trying to keep people as healthy as possible. Yeah, And the, the other manifestation of that is that the schedule is going to be released in two parts because there's anticipation that there may be games canceled. Well, not canceled, but postponed because of COVID in the first half of the season. You need to figure out a way then to make them up in the second half of the season. So there are just just an insane amount of moving parts with this season affecting not only the broadcast, but the players and, and media coverage in general. Well, what has been your favorite like memory of being with the team and being with Brevin announcing on the sidelines for each game? Uh, you know, there, there, there are so many great games. I, I you know, we had, um, you know, last year, of course we had the Jay Crowder uh, three to win the game against Brooklyn. So Taylor Jenkins gets his first win. John Moran has the big block of Kyrie at the end of regulation. That was pretty cool. Um, I think about the three overtime epic we had in San Antonio where Marcus all banks in a shot from half court pretty much to to send the game to overtime. That's, that's one that you're never going to forget. You're never going to forget going to the Western conference finals and, and, and that run to the playoffs. Um, Just, just a lot of, a lot of really good memories because, you know, when Brevin got the job, I only knew him as a former player who, was very good at stealing the basketball, was a pesky defender, very hard-nosed role player. And, you know, one day I got the call and saying, well, Sean Tui and Brevin are going to split duties alongside you. And how do you feel about that? Like, 
uh, fine with me. Yeah. I know, I know Sean really well. I don't know Brevin at all. Uh, you know, but Brevin and I are great friends. I mean, we, we, we play golf today uh, and we play golf a lot and we're, we're friends off the floor. We're very, very close. And I would say he's one of the best friends that I have. And so that's probably the biggest secret that an outsider would not know about television broadcasting, not just the NBA, but really anywhere. It's really a team effort. It's a producer. It's a director. Uh, it's Speedy doing the replays. It's B-Dub doing the graphics. And they, this group becomes our family for six months out of the year. And as much fun as we have calling games, as enjoyable as it is to be courtside and to watch Ja do all the things that Ja does, it's, it's every bit as important. It's every bit as enjoyable, the relationships that we have, not only with our own, our own broadcast crew, but the people that you get to meet. Uh, Brian Anderson of Turner has become a, a, a really good friend of mine. Ian Eagle with Turner and, and with the Brooklyn Nets has become a really good friend. And, you know, you, you just you love seeing these people so that every night is kind of a family reunion. And that might be another thing that, you know, if visiting broadcasters don't travel, that'd be another thing that we'd miss is, is the ability to catch up with our friends. That's very true, because I can I can tell just watching the games and the camaraderie you guys have, it makes it makes it more fun for the for the watchers, for the listeners, just to see you guys genuinely happy and genuinely excited for everything that's going on. But in other Grizzlies news, how did you feel about the new uniforms that we just announced this week? Uh, you know, I, I like them. I mean, it's it's a real nod to history. Uh, that was a, a very interesting time period when the team played in the pyramid because they were transitioning from the Vancouver uh, turquoise, uh, you know, into into more Memphis colors. And so, you know, that that first Memphis uniform was was kind of a mashup of the old logo and old colors and and some new stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I. I, I like those uniforms. I think last year's with the turquoise. I mean, man, those 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 were really fantastic. Those were very those were those were very hard to beat, and uh, it's a it's a tremendous challenge for the designers every year to to come up with with new and different. Obviously, uh, you know, the last two years celebrating anniversaries, it's it's a little easier because I've seen some of these city jerseys that are coming out, and like mm, I'm not I'm not totally sold on them, but uh, yeah. I'm happy with the ones we got now. Well, now you'll see Desmond Bain and Killian Tilly, yeah, the undrafted free agent, yes, and uh, as well as Xavier Tillman, Jaron's college teammate. You'll see them in the new uniforms. What are your thoughts on? us getting them now on the team. Well, I think, I think you're a little boxed in, you know, when, when you're picking 40th and you know, how else, you know, where can you really, really go? Because there are so many guys on this team that, 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 that you're not going to deal. So the fact that they were able to move up and they were able to get Desmond Bain, like I said earlier, what I like about Desmond is the fact that he was a, a a four-year college player. Uh, Brevin and I agree on this, that your four-year college players doesn't mean there's anything wrong because they stayed in school for four years. Maybe they're not as athletically gifted uh, as the one and dones. They're not as flashy as the one and dones, but they've gone through a program and they, and they know how to play the game. I think of Malcolm Brogdon coming into the NBA and, you know, people didn't think a whole lot of Malcolm Brogdon. Well, he came in as a four-year player and, and, and he's made a real nice career for himself. Um, you know, as far as Xavier Tillman, you know, this is an opportunity for him former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, uh, to be a good rebounder. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies, if there was a deficiency with them last year, 
I think it was rebounding. Jonas just put up amazing rebounding numbers, but outside of Jonas, the rebounding numbers I thought were subpar. And uh, and Xavier certainly will have an opportunity to do some of that. I'll be interested to see how he transitions from being primarily a center at the collegiate level at six eight to now being a actually kind of a small power forward. So uh, his transition will be very, very interesting, but uh, having another big 10 outstanding defensive player on the roster, uh, I think is going to be very, very good for the squad. I don't mean to switch subjects, but I just wanted to say, Pete, um, when I was seven years old, I went to a Mavericks Grizzlies game and I held up a sign and this is a sign right here. And you found me and said something. So I just wanted to thank you for that. It definitely made seven-year-old me's heart happy. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm happy we're able to do that. But like I said, we've got a, we've got a great TV crew and, uh, and great cameramen. And, and that, that's the thing about tele, uh, sports television. It, it, it's a team effort. I mean, producer, director, announcers, I mean, they're talking in my ears, telling me, you know, what shot we're going to come to. And, and, and that's, Again, that's another one of those bits that people really don't understand is that it's it's a tremendous team sport to put a telecast on. And it's going to take 20, 25 people, uh, some of whom get to the arena at noon on a game day in order to pull it off. So I'm glad we we're able to make that moment happen for you. Raymond, were you a FedEx fan of the game? Um, I wasn't, but I remember getting a shirt that day. So I definitely it was definitely fun. And it was a Grizzlies win. So we, we won game two. So. Even Very better. good. All right, Pete. Well, it's a pleasure getting to talk to you and have having you on, on our show with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks best for of, having me. I really appreciate it. Best of luck to you this season. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Go Grizz. That was that was really good having Pete on the, Pete on the episode with us. Oh, yeah, man. Pete, that's always been one of the guys that I've just grown up to watch. Great to have him on. And I'm sure the same for you, too. But also, this Friday night, as of November 20th, is a good high school Memphis showdown. The Carville Dragons taking on the Bartlett Panthers at Bartlett this weekend, or this Friday night, for the East semi-quarterfinals, third round of the playoffs, with head coach of Carville, Joe Riccone, and his junior quarterback, Ethan Pettigrew, taking on the Panthers of Bartlett, with Bartlett's head coach, Lance Tucker, led by quarterback Walt Tucker and a star running back and Robert Giamma. Also, Collierville, congrats to Scotty Alexander, who committed to Tulsa today as of November 19th. Best of luck to you in your college career. Good luck. And so if everyone keep needs to keep their eyes on that Collierville-Bartlett game, that's going to be a great game, in my opinion. But also, Ramey, last, okay. night, last night we had the NBA draft. We did indeed. Two men, former Memphis Tigers went in the draft. James Wiseman to the Golden State Warriors at the second, and Precious Achua goes to the Miami Heat at 20th. Oh, yeah. Second time ever in Memphis Tiger basketball history that we have two guys going in the first round. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Penny was in James Wiseman's room with them when he got drafted. Yes, he was. We've got some Tiger news as well. DeAndre Williams is still waiting and hoping to have his waiver accepted. Mm -hmm. And that's some news for him. But also... Isaiah Stokes, we found out he will not be a part of the team this season. Yeah. Which is a bummer. It's unfortunate for sure. And also, last night with the trade, the Grizzlies traded up and drafted Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman and signed Killian Tilly in the undrafted free agency period. 
along with two other guys who hopefully will do great for the Grizzlies. One got one guy is Sean McDermott. Yep. Who played college at Butler. Mm-hmm. Who's a shooting guard. Yep. And the other guy is named named Jaleel. And hopefully hopefully he'll be good as well. Oh yeah. One thing I can definitely say is to trust in Zachary Kleiman. Ever since he's gotten the job, he's been making some great pickups, make great acquisitions. So I mean, I trust him. What do you what do you think, Robert? He has really been amazing. He's been hired. Oh yeah. King Kleiman. King Kleiman for sure. Well, on the NBA side, it's some sad news. Clay Tolley's been Yesterday on the draft day, he got injured at a gym. He was playing basketball, and today he got an MRI, and now he's torn his Achilles. Yeah. He, he will miss the remainder of this upcoming season. That sucks, man. I mean, I, I'm i sure a lot of people had the Warriors as at least favorites to do something, and if you had you if people had them as their favorites to win it all, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Stephen Clay running it back with the second overall pick, which turned out to be James Wiseman. And I'm thinking they're about to trade for Kelly Oubre as well. Yeah, it looks it looks like it looks like Kelly Oubre is about to head to Golden State. Gordon Hayward opted out. He's becoming a free agent. Oh yep. This offseason's been crazy. It's about to get fun. Oh yeah. We've already had great stuff already, like Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Yep. Chris Paul to the Suns. Oh, breaking news right now. The Knicks are trading, are making a trade for a center. It's Ed Davis. For what? Um, the results haven't been out yet. Okay. But also today, the Knicks waved Todd Gibson. So the Nets are looking like they're building something, that, or at least from my eyes. Yeah. Well, everyone, this has been a really great episode. Remember, follow us and subscribe to us. Tell a friend about us. Tell them to subscribe. At On The Proud, 901. Again, Be sure to rep the merch, too. Yeah, wear the merch. Rep us around town. Tag us. We'll add you on our Instagram or any of our social media with you representing us. Again, that's at on the prowl, 901. I'm Robert Roten. I'm Ramey Johnson. Love you guys. Peace. Don't forget to join us next time on the prowl. With the boys, yeah, we swoop, yeah, we swoop. And we got them high clocks and we'll shoot, and we'll shoot. With the Mercedes Benz in the coop, in the coop. And this shit so f***ing hard, it's on loop, it's on loop.